Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Arlo. I'm Kelly. And you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. A podcast about everything from the peculiar, the curious, to the bizarre. So join us as we obsess over ghosties and shit. Did you say ghosties and shit? Hell yeah, I did. Okay, you guys, shit's about to get real. Hey guys thanks for coming back yeah welcome back everybody we missed you <laughs> i'm excited that it is september finally uh the leaves are starting to change now like it's official and every time my partner and i go for a drive i always tell him hey look that tree is literally changing colors it's not just dead this time it's great <laughs> yeah there are leaves in my front yard i'm so excited it's socially acceptable to put up your halloween decorations now it is we can't be shamed for putting up our halloween decorations not that i have any shame but <laughs> here we are back to talking about halloween yeah it's always going to be about halloween until like the end of time probably you can't shame me there's no shame in halloween game yep none at all <laughs> <laughs> One of the very many things that I love about September and the fall is going to Starbucks and there's a caramel apple drink and it is my absolute favorite. I'm not a big fan of the like pumpkin spice lattes. I will try it every couple years. I just assume I'm going to like it and I never do. I think what turns me off about the pumpkin spice latte is that it's just so sweet. I love to make pumpkin spice cookies, just not the overly sweet pumpkin spice I feel the exact same way. Are you guys ready for today's episode? I guess we should just like dive right into it, right? Yeah, let's do it. Today's episode is called, Let's Do the Time Warp Again. Let's do the time warp again. So today, I decided to do the Mandela Effect. The Mandela Effect is a situation in which a large amount of people truly believe that a specific event occurred in reality when it really didn't. So just a little history on the Mandela Effect. Um, this phrase was coined by Fiona Broom in 2009. She created a website that detailed her findings of the phenomenon. Did you say in 2009? Yes. That's really recent. Yep. Broom was at a DragonCon conference talking to other people about how she'd remembered the former South African president Nelson Mandela, how he had tragically died in prison in 1980. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what DragonCon is, DragonCon is a multi-genre convention and it happens every year in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's based on the Dragon Computer, which hosted a local bulletin board system. Sounds pretty fucking dope if you ask me. Okay, so back to Nelson Mandela. The truth is that Nelson Mandela did not die in 1980. He actually died in 2013. There were other people who had recalled having the same memory. That's what sparked her interest in creating the website where this phrase started. The Mandela Effect, named after the South African president, uh, Nelson Mandela. If you didn't know, now you know. Fiona Broom believes these misconceptions are the result of alternate realities, that they are memories from parallel universes, that history transpired exactly as you remember it. But at some point between then and now, you seemingly drifted into a parallel universe with an ultimate history, making some of your memories misaligned with your current reality. Some people believe that it is simply just the misinformation effect, where pre-existing memories are replaced or corrupted by misinformation. 
Some believe that the memories themselves are actually true, but it's the reality that is wrong. Let's say we do slip into like an alternate reality or a parallel universe. When do you think we slip into that? It's interesting that you ask that because I've heard this theory that in 2012, that the world had actually ended and that now we're in a different reality. Do you think that applies to everyone? I don't think it's everyone. I think it's just some people. Would you be the judge if you're one of those people? Because I do have several examples of the Mandela effect that are so fucking damning. So some examples of the Mandela effect, TV shows like the Bernstein Bears. Is it Berenstein? S-T-E-I-N. Or Berenstain? S-T-A-I-N. How do you remember that show as a child? What do you think is real? It's Berenstein Bears with an E, isn't it? Eh, it is Berenstain with an A. S-T-A-I-N. Oh, that doesn't seem right. You oh. might be one of the originals because I myself have always known it to be Berenstain. I have a theory behind this as to why people think it's Berenstain instead of Berenstain. Teachers, back in the day when these books came out, were mispronouncing the title of the book. So kids had learned that it was Berenstein instead of Berenstain. I remember reading those books, though, and it was written with an E. Which is crazy, because it was never written with the E. It was always written with an A, and I've always remembered it with an A. Weird. <laughs> so, like, you and I are from different realities, probably. Possibly. We don't know. I even remember watching the TV show when it was with an E. Oh yeah, I loved the shows and I loved the books. And I know for sure that the authors came out and said, hey man, no, it's not with an E, it's with an A and it always has been. Weird. Yeah, it is quite strange. Okay, take what I say with a grain of salt too, because I'm also really bad at spelling stuff. So, <laughs> Okay, so another example is the phrase mirror, mirror on the wall. So it's not really mirror, mirror on the wall. It's actually magic mirror on the wall. But if you look through cinematic history, it's typically mirror, mirror on the wall, which is fucking crazy because it's mirror, mirror on the wall. Every child will tell you that. That's yeah. how we learned it. I wonder if it's in like books and stuff that's mirror, mirror on the wall. And that's why people remember it because like in kids books, it's going to be mirror, mirror. Yeah. Okay. Another example of the Mandela effect is the Monopoly guy. The Monopoly guy does not have a monocle. People, for whatever reason, remember him having a monocle. Yeah, I remember him having a... Hold on. I'm going to have to look this one up. And I never remember him having a monocle. Mr. Peanut, though, definitely had a monocle in a top hat. You're right. He doesn't have a monocle. What the fuck? <laughs> nope, he sure doesn't. Holy crap. People cosplaying as him have monocles, though. They do. This is the Mandela effect, Kelly. So do you remember the movie Kazam with Shaq? Did you ever watch that movie as a kid? Uh-uh. I did. So when I heard this example of Mandela Effect, I didn't believe it. So a lot of people say that there's a movie called Shazam that starred Sinbad as a genie. That's not true. I don't understand why people think this one exists because it absolutely does not exist at all. It never has. Sinbad has come out a thousand times saying, you guys, I never played a genie in a movie called Shazam. The movie was actually Kazam with Shaq. And I loved that movie as a kid. <laughs> he did, however, host a movie marathon in 1994 dressed as a genie. So that's two years prior to the Kazam actually coming out. This is what I'm talking about of like memories being warped and it not actually being the Mandela effect. People still think that these two movies are different and that they're not remembering them differently. There is also an animated show called Shazan that has a magical genie in it. 
So people are just really thinking that this was a total memory mind warp. And I agree. So it could just be people are misremembering. For this one, I think so. I don't think this is the Mandela effect, but that's just me. You know, I think it's that way for a lot of these. Okay, another Mandela effect is Mother Teresa. People believe that she became a saint in the 1990s, but that's not the case. She was declared a saint in 2016 by Pope Francis. In Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father, which is inaccurate. That never happened. What he really said was, no, I am your father. Oh, I know it. My husband Mm -hmm. would be so proud. (laughs) Good job. In the famous song, We Are the Champions by Queen, We Love You, Freddie Mercury. Some people swore that Freddie Mercury belted out of the world at the end of that song, but that didn't really happen. In the studio recording, it ends, no time for losers because we are the champions. There's no of the world at the end. It is possible that him singing it live, he said of the world. And that's where it came from. Who knows? Doesn't he say of the world in like the middle of the song though? Hold on. I had a feeling there would be a lot of you Googling me on this because no one wants to believe that it's true. Look, I don't either. Because then it means my whole childhood's a lie. Okay, I'm looking it up right now, but I think he (laughs) does say of the world in one of the choruses. Yeah. He does. Weird. Yeah, on the Google website, it lists the lyrics and it has of the world at the end, but it's, he doesn't sing it at the end. Sorry, it never happened. So Kelly, what color do you think chartreuse is? I want to say like a pinkish color. So the color chartreuse, some people believed that they learned that the color was a pink or a magenta color. It's really not. It's actually a yellowish green, and I've never known chartreuse to be pink or magenta. You're from a different reality. You're from this reality, though. Yeah. I am from a different reality. You are. Yeah. I have to be. I don't know. Not a scientist. Can't tell you for sure if that's true. So, people believed that Patrick Swayze, the actor of Tu Wong Fu, Ghost in Dirty Dancing, beat pancreatic cancer, but that simply just isn't true. The amazing, beautiful Patrick Swayze died in 2009. I haven't seen any of those movies. I'm sorry, excuse me, what was that? Kelly, it's almost fall. Ghost would be a perfect fall movie to watch. It's sad, but it's funny at the same time because it's got Whoopi Goldberg, love Whoopi, Patrick Swayze, and then it also has Demi Moore in it. And she is rocking that cute little 90s haircut. And to Wong Fu, Patrick Swayze dresses up as a woman. How have I never heard of this before? Honestly, I don't know. Okay, have you seen the movie Field of Dreams? I'm going to take that as a no. Okay, so in the Field of Dreams, there's this quote that came from the movie, and it is, If you build it, they will come. It's actually, if you build it, he will come. This is one of my, like, top movies, and I watched it all the time. I do not remember him saying, if you build it, he will come. Because it's supposed to be that he builds the baseball field in his backyard, because he lives on a farm, and that Babe Ruth comes through the field and plays on his land. But it's not just Babe Ruth that comes through. It's like everybody. It's like the whole team. Holy crap. So this one is a Mandela effect situation for me because I remember it as if you build it, they will come. So moving along, something that I found out years ago when I first learned about the Mandela effect is the Statue of Liberty. Where the fuck is the Statue of Liberty, you ask? Our whole lives, I'm pretty sure the majority of us always thought that the Statue of Liberty was on Ellis Island. 
That's not true. The Statue of Liberty is on Liberty Island. And years ago, I know that you and I were talking about this, and you told me to look up on Facebook the Statue of Liberty Ellis Island. Mm -hmm. And then you look at it, and the pictures, it's literally just like the Statue of Liberty, and then it goes blank, kind of like in the movie Coraline, when she tries to leave the house and everything kind of goes white. That's really what it looked like. So today I went to Facebook, and I was trying to find that specific thing that you showed me. It doesn't exist anymore. Now that page on Facebook is called Liberty Ellis Island. What? (laughs) It's no longer the Statue of Liberty at Ellis Island. It's the Statue of Liberty hyphen Ellis Island. So it's Liberty Ellis Island. What is going on? Honestly, I can't tell you. I kind of think that this Facebook page, which is like their official page, I think, has had some issues with the Mandela effect as well. Otherwise, it wouldn't be like this. Weird. So when I was looking up Ellis Island and Liberty Island, there were so many theories that I really couldn't pinpoint. That would have to be like an episode within itself. That just seems so wrong. It really does, doesn't it? Okay, so for now, I want to play a little game. We're going to do this or that. Are you up for the challenge? Bring it. Here we go. Is it Oscar Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, or is it Oscar Mayer, M-E-Y-E-R? My baloney has a first name, it's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name, it's M-E-Y-E-R. So M-E-Y-E-R. Nope, it's M-A-Y-E-R. As a child, I never learned it as M-E-Y-E-R. Really? Ever. Yep. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, I am also really bad at spelling, <laughs> so <laughs> that could just be what this is. Funny, because I knew you were going to sing that song. Because when I was looking this up, I sang this song. And I always remembered it as M-A-Y-E-R. You're from a different reality. Possibly. So in the kids' cartoon show Looney Tunes, is it Looney Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, or is it Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-E-S? T-O-O-N-E-S. Wrong again. It's Tunes, T-U-N-E-S. Do you feel like your childhood is being slowly robbed from you, like, to a degree? A little bit, yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not. Not at all. You are an alien. You come from a different reality. Like, that's cool if that's what's happening. My husband says I'm a lizard person, and uh, my lizard cloaking device will fail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, is it Fruit Loops, F-R-O-O-T-L-O-O-P-S, or is it Fruit Loops, F-U-R-I-T, Loops? Is it fruit with two O's or fruit spelled like the regular fruit? I think it's spelled like the regular fruit, isn't it? You are correct. It has always been spelled fruit, F-U-R-I-T. Good job. I only know that because my husband likes Fruit Loops. Okay, we all remember these 90s icon sneakers. Is it Skechers, S-K-E-T-C-H-E-R-S, or Skechers without the T? It's with a T, isn't it? The name does not have a T in it. What? This one got me because I always remembered it having a T in it. It doesn't. The T's gone. Boop. No T. Weird. Mm-hmm. This is my last this or that. This one's about Curious George. Did he have a tail or did he not have a tail? He has a tail, doesn't he? <clears throat> Curious George never had a tail. I thought he's a monkey, though. He is, but in Don't. the animated and the book series, no tail for Curious George. Okay, so while doing some research... I wanted to know if it was quite possible that the Mandela Effect had anything to do with time travel at all. And I really couldn't find a lot of information on this. Can you shed some light on this? Actually, I'll cover that in my segment a little bit later. I think it does tie in to it a little bit. So I'm going to start if it's scientifically possible to even time travel. I looked on NASA's kid website. That's what you're dealing with here, folks. 
NASA kids. Yep. There were a lot of bright colors and it was very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're an alien, Kelly. It is. That's that's what it is. And you're still learning a lot about the human species. <laughs> so according to NASA's website, not the one for adults, I was looking and it is theoretically possible to time travel. Because of Einstein's theory of relativity, the faster you travel in space, the slower you move in time. So if you are on a rocket or a plane, time will actually move slightly slower than normal. It won't make any noticeable difference though unless you're moving near the speed of light. With the fastest human-made spacecraft, we don't even get near a tenth of the speed of light. Damn. <laughs> so we actually move kind of slow. Or I guess fast. With the science we have now, even if it was possible to travel in time, we would only be able to go one way into the future. We wouldn't be able to go into the past, as far as science allows that we know of. There is also a wormhole theory, where you can connect two points in space and time for fast travel. One of the problems with this is that it would be impossible to go farther back in time when the first wormhole was made into a time machine. So, now that we've talked a little bit about the scientific parts of time travel, let's talk about the grandfather paradox. Do you know what that is? Absolutely not. I do not at all. Nope. Mm -mm. Okay. The grandfather paradox is what if you did travel back in time? What would be the repercussions of that? Let's say someone went back in time and killed their grandfather, especially before they had kids. What would happen to you? Would you just completely not exist? You wouldn't have been born, so you wouldn't have been able to go back in time. That is the grandfather paradox. Okay, so what would happen then? You would just get stuck, or your existence would be not existing, or you would literally be another human being. You wouldn't be yourself, but you would still exist to someone else. So there's a couple theories about that. So one possibility to get rid of this paradox is you can't travel back in time. That one's kind of boring. Another one is, uh, actually, I want to reference the Loki series on Disney+. Plus. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it, but I know what it is. In that show, there's the timekeepers, and time is one stream, you can't differentiate from it, and they keep order. Think about time kind of like a tree. The trunk is the original timeline. Let's say you're able to go back in time, and you end up killing your grandfather. The original timeline's still there, but it branches off, and it creates a separate timeline. That's kind of what I was thinking. I kind of thought, like, you wouldn't just disappear, but that she would be going somewhere else. Like, you would be something or someone else. Yes. Kind of. Yes. I don't know a lot about this stuff, so... And it kind of goes into, like, parallel universes, or things are kind of similar, but they're going to change and be completely different later on. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about people claimed to have time traveled. This one is called the Moberly Jordan Incident. In August 10th, 1901, two professors, Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain, traveled by train to Versailles. So we're in France. They didn't think much about touring the palace. They wanted to tour the gardens of Petit Trinon. It's a small chateau. But after reaching the Grand Trinon, they found it was close to the public. They lost their guidebook. They missed a turn on the main road they were supposed to have traveled. And they completely passed their destination. <laughs> They're having a run of bad luck. What Jourdain and Moberly see are completely different from here on out. Well, not completely. A little bit of the same. They just remember things a bit differently. Mm -hmm. So Jourdain recalls seeing an old farmhouse with an old plow outside, while Moberly remembers seeing an old woman waving a white cloth out a window. At this point, they both felt oppression and dreariness overcoming them. That's when they both came upon some men who told them to go straight on. 
Moberly described them as dignified officials dressed in long grayish-green coat with small three-corned hats. I don't know what a three-corned hat is, to be perfectly honest. Do we have to do a Google? Um, nah. 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 They were in old-timey clothes. That's, Old as fuck clothes. Yeah, that's what I took from that. <laughs> as they walked along, Jordan noticed a cottage with a woman holding out a jug and a girl in the doorway. But something looked weird. They looked unnatural and dull, like they were made of wax. Moberly didn't recall them, but remembered she felt the atmosphere suddenly change. She wrote, Everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless, like woodworked on a tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade. No wind stirred in the trees. They reported seeing the edge of a wood close to the Temple de Lamour, and coming across a man seated beside a garden kiosk, wearing a cloak and a large shady hat. According to Moberly, his appearance was most repulsive, its expression odious. His complexion was dark and rough. Jourdain noted the man slowly turned his face, which was marked by smallpox. His expression was very dark. It was evil, yet unseeing. I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us. I felt a repugnance going past him. They said that another man, whom they described as tall, with large dark eyes and crisp curling black hair under a large sombrero hat, came up to them and showed them the way to the Petit Trainon. I really hope I'm saying that right. It sounds right. There's a lot of French words in here. Moberly said she noticed a lady sketching on the grass who looked at them after they crossed a bridge to reach the gardens in front of the palace. She later described the lady as wearing a light summer dress and a shady white hat with much fairer skin. Moberly reported that she thought she was a tourist at first, but the dress appeared to be too old-fashioned. Moberly came to believe that the lady was Marie Antoinette. Jourdain, however, did not see the lady. Three months later in Oxford, the pair said they compared their notes and decided to write separate accounts of what happened, while also researching the history of Trenon. They thought they might have seen events that took place on August 10th, 1792, only six weeks before the abolition of the French monarchy, when the Tuileries Palace in Paris was besieged and the King's Swiss guards were massacred. According to their narrative, they visited Trenon Gardens again on several occasions, but were unable to trace the path they took. Various landmarks, such as the kiosk and the bridge, were missing. The grounds were full of people. Trying to come up with an explanation, they wondered if they had stumbled across a private party or an event booked that day. However, they found nothing had been booked that afternoon. Through their research, they thought they recognized the man they reportedly saw by the kiosk as Comte de Vaudreuil, a friend of Marie Antoinette, who herself moberly claimed to see. That is the end of their story. That's a good one. I like that one. There's a couple of these that are really good. Yeah. Like, I've heard before, but every time I hear it, it just gives me chills. Can you imagine being in their shoes and wanting to see history and actually seeing it? Yeah. Whenever you were reading this story, it almost sounded like they were in a painting, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I see what you mean, though. Like, it it does kind of remind me of, like, an Impressionist painting or something. Yeah, that is really bizarre. I have another story. This is Victor Goddard's Airfield Time Slip. In 1935, Goddard flew his Hawker Hart light bomber to inspect an abandoned RAF airfield near Edinburgh at a place called Drim. He found it in a very dilapidated state with cattle grazing on the grass that had forced through the cracks in the tarmac. 
and some of this has been taken directly from a book that was written about the incident. Later that day, he ran into trouble while flying his biplane in a heavy rain and decided to fly back to Drem to get his bearings. As he approached the airfield, the torrential rain abruptly changed to bright sunlight. When he looked down at the airfield, it had been completely renovated and was now in use. There were mechanics in blue overalls walking around and four yellow planes parked on the runway. One of these was a model which, for all his aviation experience, he completely failed to recognize. The Drim base was later reused in 1939 as a World War II RAF training planes were simply a silver aluminum color in 1935. They began to be painted a distinct yellow color soon after. And around the same time, the Air Force changed their mechanics overalls from tan to blue. So he was looking into the future, seeing these planes that were a distinctive yellow color where at the time they, they weren't. He was looking four years into the future, basically. Within a second, everything had completely changed. There were planes that were different colors than the ones he was used to. There was a plane he didn't even recognize. That's a weird one. This story is about J. Bernard Hutton and Yoakum Brandt. In 1932, a newspaper reporter, Hutton, and photographer, Brandt, were sent to do a feature story on the Hamburg shipyard in Germany. After they completed their work, they heard the sound of aircraft engines. They turned around, and what they saw was a war zone. There were fighter planes surrounding them. The anti-aircraft batteries were firing, and there were bombs going off. The, the building was collapsing. There was death everywhere. Before rushing out to save their lives, Hutton even asked the security guard if there was something they could do to help out, but was asked to immediately leave the area instead. As they were driving back to Hamburg, things suddenly changed. The sky cleared up. There were no planes. Buildings were fine. It was quiet. It was as if nothing had happened. When Hutton and Brant looked back towards the shipyard, they couldn't spot anything wrong with it. No damage. No smoke coming out of the buildings. No violence or death. It was shocking. The newspaper obviously didn't believe the two. Even the pictures that Brant had been taking during the attack showed everything to be normal. The shipyard looked as good as new. Hutton moved back to London just before World War II started. And in 1943, what he saw in the newspaper made his heart drop. It was a story about a successful raid by a Royal Air Force squadron on the Hamburg shipyard. Holy shit. Yeah. So that was 11 years afterwards. Hold up. Were they actually time traveling or were they just having this premonition together? How is this time travel related? I mean, they even talked to someone through it and they answered. So wouldn't that be more... From what I understand about premonitions, you get an idea of what's going to happen. You don't interact with it. So it's kind of like you're on the outside looking in. Like nobody can see you. No one knows you're there. With this, they actually interacted with someone. They did. I mean, they were there in the moment. Okay, so that one was pretty cool and interesting. 11 years. Wow. Have you ever heard of John Titter? No, I have not. Mr. Tit. Mr. Tit. (laughs) 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 Kelly just snorted. I did. Nice. So in 1998, John Titor. Titor. He's just hanging around, isn't he? (laughs) So I'm going to restart. Have you ever heard of John Titor? No, but I've heard of John Titor like (laughs) as of two seconds ago. (laughs) I feel like I'm traveling in time. You might be. You're traveling back. Sounds great. 
everything from what I understand is a little confusing, but it all starts in 1998. So there was a hoe. There was a <laughs> there was a hoe. Oh, she's right here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, little hot toddy over here. Okay, I'm talking about you, not me. <laughs> In 1998, there was a late-night paranormal-themed radio show called Coast to Coast AM, starring Art Bell, and he would get these faxes by a man named John Titer. In these faxes, he claimed that he was a time traveler from 2036. Supposedly, time travel was invented in 2034 by General Electric, Anyone time traveling going forward would hit a brick wall in the year 2564, and no one knew why. And in his words, please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. So that's the year 2564. Yep, 500 plus years in the future. So we're going to be dead. Like our great, great, great grandkids are going to be dead too. Oh yeah, so we don't ever have to worry about that. That's insane. Yeah. So he seems like he's not quite all there. So I'm not sure I actually believe this story. Apparently, his purpose was to get an IMB 5100 computer system from the year 1975 and that he stopped in the year 2000 for, and I quote, personal reasons. Okay, we need to know what these personal reasons are. We're nosy. We gotta know. Actually, I think I know the answer. From what I read, I think it was because he wanted to see himself and take like present day him on like excursions or whatever. I could only imagine if you were going back in time from 2036 is that you would go back to 2000 considering they thought that the world was going to end oh midnight of 2000. Actually I have something on that. Here is what he said John Titer said about Y2K because after he was sending these faxes there was an online forum he had about this late night radio show and he would post stuff on it. The unknown time traveler described a Y2K disaster that would leave people frozen to death, a government instituting martial law, a power facility in Denver destroyed by a mob, and a communal government system sprouting out of the chaos. Naturally, he sent an immediate follow-up fax, which Bell also read on the air. The speculation is that John did something in 1975, which stopped Y2K for us. Damn, thank you, John. It's all thanks to him. Um, he also predicted a civil war in 2004, which says, and I quote, I would describe it as a Waco type event that happens every month that steadily gets worse. The conflict will consume everyone in the U.S. by 2012 and end in 2015, which with a very short World War III. Some people think that none of this came to pass because it was all on a different timeline and others think it didn't come to pass because he stopped it. Okay, so I think his timeline is off. I feel like the World War Three thing, like the civil unrest, the civil war, has already started. So maybe when he went back in time, fixed Y2K, he did change history. So the timeline is a little further than he originally said. Possibly. I think for sure he made most of this up. Probably all of it, actually. That's my two cents from it. Are you guys done listening to us now? Please don't say yes. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate you. And we will be counting the minutes until we get to see you again. Bye. The music in this podcast is by the band, The Daddios. This is Kelly. And I'm Arlo. And you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. We'll see you next time. Is this it? Is this the end? Bye. Mm-hmm.